On this episode of Resi Week, Hull Technologies shows work from home kits, company culture, and audio advice live. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 330, Persnickety Households. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Crestron. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matthew Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by uh, three of my good friends. First, we have Mr. Jason Knott. He is the Chief Content Officer at CE Pro. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Matt. Thank you for being here. Then we have Amanda Wildman. She is the co-owner of True Media Home. How are you doing, Amanda? I am doing great. Happy to be here. Thank you. And last but certainly not least, we have Scott Noonan. He is the CEO of Audio Advice out of North Carolina. How are you doing, Scott? Doing great. Thanks, Matt. We're going to do our best not to get my name and your name confused. <laughs> Amanda has already done as we throw her under the bus right off at the start. All right. Well, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from Residential Systems. Uh, Hall Technologies is going to showcase a work-from-home kit and a whole lot more at Infocom 2022. That's taking place in, oh, two, less than two weeks from when you're hearing this episode uh, at the, the Hall Technologies booth. They're going to have a bunch of new products that are all shipping, but the one we're going to focus on right now is their work-from-home kit that includes a docking station, a speaker hub, and a personal 4K camera to hopefully eliminate the the common AV issues that happen with most laptop devices to help end users look and sound their best. That's the end of my promo. Jason, <clears throat> this is something that the the Infocom community has has kind of latched onto, but not not super heavy. We're 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 hearing more from some of the tech managers and 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 the end users that show up to to Infocom who are excited uh, or a little bit more excited about the work from home kit uh, type products that that hit the the show floor is this move by Hall to to really focus on a work from home kit is this a nod to the ever growing um, crossover integration market where you know again there, there's a ton of residential dealers that are finally going to Infocom and getting information like this to help their their clients. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We we did see a drop in the percentage of commercial business from the typical integrator when COVID hit, when you know the corporate market really kind of fell to pieces there. And so you see a lot of commercial integrators at that moment who shunned doing residential because the projects are too small. Mm -hmm. They weren't really skilled in customer service to be able to deal with, you know, persnickety heads of households and those sorts of things that they would have to deal with on the resi side. So we saw, I think, more commercial guys moving into the resi space during COVID. And now that the commercial market is moving back, um, uh, I, I see residential guys obviously um, maintaining that. Now, the one thing that I find curious is, a lot of the guys that I spoke with on the work from home have had success with the C-suite executive with a, um, a home office environment. But once they got past that top mm -hmm. execs, they were, were not seeing any penetration. And I think a lot of companies 
were just letting their co- their employees kind of fend for themselves with whatever their their setups were. So um, so it'll be interesting to see um, how much there is at that top end of the market here, which is where I think these things are targeted. Yeah, that's definitely something that that we've seen too, and we've talked about a lot on the show that it's C-suite only. Amanda, is there a way that we can leverage these kits and and products like this to really continue to go after the C-suite, but but even some of the the exact levels that aren't necessarily you know the middle managers um, who are working from home and you know need need stuff because they're on meetings all day long too. So I think you're definitely going to see some of that. Um, We're getting asked those kind of questions all the time, CCB executives, um, but also just employees. I think they're getting, some of them are getting a budget where either they can have it at the office or they can use that budget towards home. So I think it's going to depend on where it comes out exactly in price point, how easy is it to set up, or are they going to have to work with an integrator to set it up? And I think you're forgetting some of the market too of during COVID, there were a lot of like, schools and moms like moms groups that pop cropped up and popped up and um, church groups that popped up and different things like that so people might be more willing to put one in their home if they're like hey i want to be future proofed or i want to be ready so that if my kids say there's a resurgence or something going on this fall at least we're prepared with one computer or one kind of like station set up in the mm-hmm. house where if we've got to do the school from home or if we have to do like our church meetings from home or mom groups, or, you know, a lot of people on social media. I mean, we saw a lot of, I think, the economy change and a lot of what people want change. So I think people are looking for a solution that if we can figure out how to cater to that audience, introduce it to that audience, let them know that we have a solution for that. I think that there is a market for that, definitely. Yeah, I like that. Scott, you've got you've got two different showrooms um, out there in, in, in North Carolina. Are you two, and, and maybe you are, I probably should have prefaced this ahead of time. Is this something that y- you see enough potential that like you would dedicate show show floor space in, in your in your uh, two locations so that when people come in and, and they're doing a two-channel demo or they're doing a home theater demo, they can also do a work-from-home demo? Or is, that, is the market still so finite that it, it's not worth giving up the valuable real estate? Yeah, it's a great question. So in our showrooms, you know, we have sort of many homes and mm-hmm. we actually are building out right now one area that's an office in those homes and we'll have powered speakers in them and things like that. Where What I think is interesting about this space is, and you all probably know this, like over the past couple of years, you couldn't get a Logitech camera, right? The way people saw mm-hmm. this, everyone bought the Logitech cameras, the Brios like were sold out yep. all the time and the Blue Yetis were sold out all the time. <laughs> and so the C-suites all got, you know, I'm just, I'm using this metaphorically, they all got the, you know, blue Yetis and they all got the Logitech Brios. And once they did that, uh, everyone else was trying to find a closed room. I think it's going to be a fragmented market. So in other words, what we see is, yeah, a CEO says, hey, what I really want is I want great internet connectivity. I can't be dropping in and out all the time. Uh, what microphone should I get? And then we may find a totally different person that says, look, I just want to use my desktop, but I need maybe a little bit better camera. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't seen it, as you said, ubiquitous, where it's everyone who's working. It's like, I've got to have a kit to manage the whole thing. It tends to be very varied and yeah. uh, unique uh, in each situation. I like it. All right, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro. Actual did you get that, Mitchell? Actual steps 
you can take to improve your custom integration company culture. Uh, read through the article. They, they cover a lot of really interesting things. And I want to pull out a, a, a couple of things out of here specifically. A Amanda, one of the comments that's made in here is that it's really a fit, right? Your, your company culture is really a fit to all of your relationships and, and figuring out where your culture is going to fit to make those relationships work. Is it, is it easier to develop that as you're going or is it something that you kind of have to set forth from the start? It's almost like you're reading what we're going through right now with our company as we're growing and you. developing there, Matt. I'm here for you. Um, <laughs> thanks. No, I appreciate it. No, I thought, I thought it was a really great um, article, you know, to think about, you know, some different things about how is your culture and especially now, like after the last two years, how's your culture changed? How do you want your company going forward? I mean, I think it's always great to try to have that North Star of where it is that you want to go and what you want your company to look like and model after. But I also think that there need to be adjustments along the way. Um, one of the things like that Ponch and I, my husband and I have really created a culture around is we've said, you know what, we want our company to be a learning company. So what that means is that we, because we see kind of what's coming forth, right, in the job market and, and not as many young people kind of getting in. So we do, like, we're getting ready to gear up this summer. We've got probably like five or six kids that are like upper level high school getting ready to graduate or just recently graduated that they've come back a couple summers and we teach them. Um, and we've gotten quite a few kids that are interested in getting involved, but that's part of our culture. So like our senior technicians know that they aren't necessarily going to get slammed if things are maybe a little bit slower because they mm -hmm. have one of those, you know, that they're teaching kind of along the way. And that's just one of the things that we put forth. So when we hire even like senior level technicians, we're like, this is part of our company culture. Our clients know that this is part of our company culture. Hopefully, you know, going forward, it sets us up where we're less, you know, having issues with finding employees and things like that because we're willing to train and we're willing to grow people up in um, the industry and expose them earlier. But um, yeah, I mean, you have to discuss it all the time. I think you have to talk about it all the time. And one of the things that I really liked um, pointing out in the article was um, when they talk about praising, um, you know, to out in public and like, it doesn't necessarily have to be this big grandiose gesture um, kind of thing, but it can be those little things, you know, and letting your team know uh, how important they are and kind of posting those little things out. I've noticed even a lot more on, a lot of companies with social media posting out there like, hey, let's introduce this new employee or let's introduce that person or give them a pat on the back or whatever for the job. And I think that that says a lot, um, mm -hmm. you know, and it, about your company culture and what it is that you're doing at your work. So, yeah, I like that. Scott, one of the one of the issues I took with this, <laughs> it's a minor issue, was the 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 key takeaway that your culture happens in public. And I've always been a believer and, and some of the things I've read on company culture have always been that it, it, it starts in private. And if it's not there in private, it will not be there in public. And if you base your, your, your company culture on that external vision, it's not always going to reflect that way internally. Am I, am I missing that? No, I think, I think your point is ultimately, is it real? 
right? Is mm -hmm. it internalized or we're just doing it for show? And um, I think there's a fine line, right? Everyone is familiar with the sort of Disney training of how do you deliver a great Disney experience that they can do publicly, but is it really back there? Um, you know, we use the EOS traction system that I think a lot of people in the industry use. And it really focuses on what are your core values? If you are really clear about what those are and not just copying what everyone else says, mm -hmm. and then you hire to those core values, you reward based on those core values. And you, uh, and we do this uh, more privately, I guess you got it, you know, not out with customers, but every month mm -hmm. we have our company meeting, we go through and people will give other people positives for doing things that match the core values. Um, we've been noted for 10 years and I'll say the first few years we did it, it was hard to get people to speak up, right? Most right. people didn't want to say anything or it was the people that wanted to show off in front of the managers that did and that kind of stuff. And now we've got it culturally, I think, ingrained where people are talking about excellence and we, you know, maybe we made a mistake somewhere and we told the customer and made it right. So it was high integrity. Um, but I think, I think your point is a really fine one, which is, is it real? And people know if it's real, if you mm -hmm. treat people when others can't see it based upon the core values. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real good point. Jason, uh, and I mean, I slightly stole my thunder on this one to touch, but all too often, I, I feel like we only recognize the big wins, right? You, you hear it a lot in the, in the commercial side of the industry where that, that salesman gets all the props because he sold the big job, right? But the, the lowly techs who are wiring up the racks don't get any props at all because all they did was wire up a rack and then haul that sucker up 14 flights of stairs because the elevator didn't work. Um, never experienced that before. How do we go about creating a culture to celebrate the minor wins, like the, the, the small things without, you know, making it so that, yeah, you showed up today. Woohoo. We're going to get donuts. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, anybody got a chance, but look back in the archives of CE pro. I did a, an article, um, a few months back on a company called max systems in Southern California. And he, he actually just sold the business to his operations manager, which the fact that that was sold internally, right there kind of just shows you that mm -hmm. these were people who wanted to stay with the company. But one of their mantras was that they always have um, cash on hand. And they, when they say, when you say publicly, I guess you could say, when I say, pub, when I say publicly, I'm thinking not one-on-one -on -one with the employee praise, but right. I'm praising that employee in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. And they would, they would openly hand out you know, hundred dollar rewards or whatever in front of everybody in the, the team, not the customers, obviously, but right. in front of the team. Um, so I, I kind of see that um, as a public praising or public yeah. gesture, even though it's really kind of just internally within the team. Um, but, you know, company culture comes in so many facets. Um, you know, there was an article that I did with uh, wow media systems up here in, in Rhode Island and when COVID hit, they sat down, they brought in a financial consultant and they sat down with every single person on their team and said, let's talk about your rent. Let's talk about your credit card. What's your credit card rates? They had a financial consultant work to help renegotiate their credit card uh, debts for company, for, for their uh, employees, had them renegotiate their rent payments for them. And you talk about loyalty that's going to be mm -hmm. bred forever from just a gesture like that to help these people with their personal finances. 
Um, and you could go on and on with the fun things, you know, the, all the fun elements that, that people try to bring to their comp- company, whether it's a costume day or, or a mystery day where you're going to go out on an outing, like, you know, go-kart racing or something like that to have fun with the team. So um, it's a very important thing right now with the great resignation. That's for darn sure. Right. Everybody's losing people like crazy. I was going to say that just brought to mind, actually, one of the things that I just started doing, too, with um, our team uh, we work with a hospital, one of our local hospitals, where they have the concierge service. So any of the like high-level doctors or surgeons or whatever that move in, they have a team that basically takes care of all the little things as they move in. Or So we're one of their preferred providers on there. So they'll call us like, oh, someone needs a TV installed or whatever. They negotiate and they deal with all that so that the surgeon or whatever doesn't have to. And I was kind of thinking about that, and I was like, well, that's kind of a cool thing. And one of my guys on my team was mentioning how coming up like he was trying to figure out like his girlfriend's birthday was coming up and he wanted to get like fresh flowers or whatever for her and I was like you know what I'm like don't worry about it I got it when you come back home from work they'll be sitting I go what do you want and we picked out or you know he told me what colors or whatever he wanted I got it all taken care of so when he came home from his shift and went to go get in his vehicle like it was all set and ready to go he didn't have to stress about it or he didn't have to worry about it and so it's like those little things that you can kind of do like too, to be able to help out, you know, your team or do those like little extra praises. Those, those I think go a long way when you talk about culture and what you can do to help your employees so that they could focus on the job that they need to do at hand mm-hmm. out there. Out in the field. It, it always doesn't have to be financial. You're right, Amanda. You know, I, I worked for a contractor and it was, you know, four people, five people, husband and wife. And we got, you know, fresh baked chocolate chip cookies. Um, we got, you know, 12 packs of beer, you know, those sorts of things that when you're younger are super valuable. That was my, <laughs> that was my dinner, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, by the way. It seems unsafe. Beer and cookies. <laughs> yeah. Th- those things were great, you know. I love it. All right. Let's hit our last story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Systems, the inaugural, inaugural, Audio Advice Live event is going to be held in August uh, the 19th through the 21st. They're going to have 50-plus experience rooms at the downtown Sheraton there in Raleigh, where you'll get to experience a boatload of new gear, learn from industry pros, and uh, get downright inspired. Scott, I'm, I'm really glad that you're here for this one because we can talk about it and we can read the article about it, but it's it's not the same. Tell us a little bit about why you guys are doing this and why you're doing it to the level you are. Most people yeah. do a you know an, an initial event and, and they might do five rooms. You're doing 50. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. We have run, you know, audio advice within sort of the Southeast from Washington, DC down through Florida and sort of through the middle of the country has got one of the, the largest in both our stores. Um, audio and theater experience centers. And we've been running Music Matters events for about two decades. And in the past five years, they've been totally uh, standing room only. And we run them, we've added Mm -hmm. hours, we've done everything we could do. And we have large showrooms and they're totally packed. And as our e-commerce business has grown nationwide, we've reached a lot more people, you know, so we've got 135,000 enthusiasts that follow us on YouTube and, you know, 65,000 on Facebook. We've got a lot of people and, you know, a very large number that follow our newsletter each week. And ultimately, we were thinking about we would love to have an opportunity to allow people to come in and hear all sorts of things like you do at Expona, 
but in a totally different part of the country. And uh, that meant making it much bigger than Audio Advice. And we actually considered uh, helping launch it without the Audio Advice name. And we ultimately concluded to just make it Audio Advice Live. And But there'll be brands that every major brand that you can imagine is there, you know, BMW, Klipsch, Class A, Sonos Faber, Macintosh, everyone that's a big name has already committed and there's more coming. So there'll be like a whole... Uh, gallery of turntables, whole gallery of headphones, will be a can jam area, then lots of um, audio systems. But the thing that makes it particularly different is that it has home theater as well. And most uh, events have not been able to pull this off because it's very expensive to take out rooms in a hotel and build theaters in the room. Um, but we ultimately decided, look, we want consumers, and so this is a consumer-driven event, to be able to come and experience as many things as they possibly could to get them fired up about the space. And we're reaching out pretty far beyond, if you know a lot about the audio advice sort of following, um, we reach a lot of millennials that are not traditional audiophiles. And so we're all about extending the reach of the business. Anyways, that's what we're doing. And we literally have taken the entire Sheraton Convention Center Hotel. So it's it's going to be a big event. Um, a lot of big names have already committed to come to be on panels, you know, so mm -hmm. Gene from Audioholics is coming, Stereophile is going to be there, Sound and Vision will be there. So there'll be these really cool panels packed with influencers and people that you might not expect that don't go to these normal events from sort of big name businesses, that there'll be real neat panels going on and stuff like that. So Yeah, that's fantastic. Jason, th this is something that you hear talked about often that that you need to get people in to experience it, to fully understand it. Obviously, Audio Advice is doing that. What holds back integrators from, from doing this more often? Again, maybe not to the scale, but in some scale. Yeah, I think, you know, Scott's got a unique business because they have that following, you know, that, that, uh, that online business that they do, and they have such a broad reach. Most integrators are, remember, the, the typical integrator is doing 35 to 50 projects a year. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it's a very small number of, of customers that they are touching to be able to do something uh, at, at this scale. So I have a question for Scott, though. So are all of the, the vendors who are coming, have they been, are they doing deals? Is, there, is that part of this or is it really just come and experience the, uh, the the audio and the home theater level, but um, it isn't necessarily come here and you're going to get a deal on these speakers. No, this this is about come experience yeah. our theater. Come experience the new speakers we're launching. So there'll be a lot of people launching new products and things like that. But it's not a sort of come and do a deal kind of thing. It's very much, you know what, I've been thinking about getting into audio or I've been learning about turntables. Boy, I could go to this event and see all of them and learn a lot and hear from industry experts, or I, I'm thinking about building a home theater and all the sort of major players that talk about home theater design and what's happening with new Dolby up mixing, all of that'll be there. So that's the real focus. And again, it, there'll be brands that Audiovice sells and brands that Audiovice doesn't sell. It's literally intended to be a large event available. Uh, there'll be people coming from all across the country. There's already people signed up that are, but I suspect sort of from the, you know, East Coast down through Florida kind of thing. It will be a lot of people from that area that just don't have a show of this size to go see everything all at once. And going back, Matt, to your question for uh, Jason, 
it's extremely expensive to pull off. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, so even our Music Matters events, we basically mm -hmm. had to stop selling a week before, right? You imagine you're working months before to coordinate everything, a week before the showroom starts to shut down and you're setting everything up and then vendors have to come in and we, we do it from one. But you can imagine, we started this six months in advance, coordinating the pieces of the puzzle, puzzle negotiating yeah. the and it is a massive undertaking. And so to Jason's point, um, you have to be a certain scale to get, we weren't that scale five, 10 years ago. We couldn't have done anything like this. Right. So. Amanda, is there a way that smaller integrators can, can leverage this type of thing? Uh, again, not necessarily to the scale. What Scott and his team are doing is, is fantastic, but we found a way to do lunch and learns with, you know, architects and designers. Is there a way to, to do something to get your clients and, and their friends in even to one of your clients homes to experience stuff because because that's always the big the big holdback is i don't think it's worth it i've never seen it yeah. well we actually do that a lot um and that's actually the perfect time of year because we're getting ready in our market in our area we're a little bit smaller than what scott obviously is and where we're at logistically can do it, but we're doing parade of homes in our area. So the next three weekends, I one of our parts of our contract with our parade of homes is we do do some um, like special little things or whatever for the that homeowner if they allow us to, you know, work on their home in the parade. And but part of that contract is that we get to work at it. So for the next three weekends, I will be working nonstop at parade of homes um, to be able to showcase that and demo because I think. Technology is one of those things that it has to be demoed, right? Like you're not going to walk in like when you look at a new countertop, oh, who manufactured or who made that? Like you have to be able to explain the lighting system or the shade system. And you have to really make sure that like the speakers are playing properly and, you know, everything like the movie is set up right in the space. And maybe the builder can't do that because they're too busy, you know, doing their other things. And, you know, you've all seen where they just kind of quick flip everything on and then nobody's there explaining it. Um, so we do that. So I will be the next three weeks at that. And then part of our culture, we have a lot of clients that we actually do kind of, um, more just like high end events, um, at their homes, if they're willing to kind of do it where one time we'll kind of like do a big showcase at it. We'll bring in clients, other builders, other architects, um, other clients that we work with and things like that. And we do a full demo. We'll bring in, um, you know, food, we cater it in. Um, we do a big event. It's kind of like an open house. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can do it. It's costly. It's not near the cost of what Scott has, but um, it is an investment. It's an investment of time. But every single time that we've done that, we've gotten a huge return return on that, you know, when people can see it and they can experience it. So it's worth it, but it takes the planning for sure. So Scott, one more question for you is you mentioned the, the audio in the home theater or is it going to broaden with, are you going to have demos for voice control or for lighting or any of these other uh, categories? Uh, great question. We debated that. We ultimately decided this year we're probably not going to do smart home in it. Um, I, we wanted to stay focused on audio and home theater. It would not surprise me if in future years we do bring that in. Um, it, it's interesting related to that question and what Amanda was saying. Part of our focus is just to drive awareness and more people doing it, whether they buy from us or someone else. And so in, to Amanda's point, like for smaller integrators, we were a smaller integrator 20 years ago. 
there will be plenty of people that come to this event that experience things that we want them to go back to that integrator and buy from that integrator and not from mm -hmm. audio advice or someone else. And we do this on the phone too. We have a pretty big e-commerce business and people call us and say, oh, I just went and checked this out at some store and I listen to these new speakers and I see you've got them, uh, sell them. And we say, look, we sell at the same price as everyone else. We don't discount. We don't cheat on taxes. So you're still going to pay the taxes. If you went and demoed and spent a bunch of time with that local store, go buy from that local store. And, and, and I think if the industry focuses on doing that at the big events, the small events, everything else, we all win is my yeah. theory. It's, it's the raising tide, right? A rising tide, not That's raising right. tide. All right, let's leave it there. Thank you all for joining us. Scott, if people want to connect with you, learn more about audio advice, sign up for audio advice live. Where can they do that? If you go to live.audioadvice.com. So live.audioadvice.com, you'll see everything about it, the panels, the registration, everything else. Awesome. Thank you. Amanda, if people want to connect with you, learn more about True Media Home, where can they do that? You can go to truemediahome.com as our website or look True Media Home up on any social media platform and we are there. Including TikTok. She's on TikTok. People. Including TikTok. I don't yep. dance though, Matt. That's fine. That's fine. Jason, if people want to connect with you, learn more about CE Pro, where can they do that? They can go to cepro.com and they can follow me on Twitter at, at Jason W. Not. And let me put in one more thing for Scott. I don't think he actually mentioned it's August 19th through 21st. I don't think the date was ever mentioned in, yeah, we talked about in, it in the, the conversation. Time. Okay. Yes, yeah, exactly. it's actually funny. You should say that it's designed to be that weekend in the hotel because... Uh, Ziggy Marley is going to be in town. There's going to be comedian. There's there's a whole set of things happening in downtown Raleigh that make it where someone could go. I'm going to go there for like a date kind of thing and get mm -hmm. the hotel at the Sheraton and be there Friday through Sunday and go to concerts and all sorts of fun stuff. So Scott's marketing is on point. He knows what's up. All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other social channels, unfortunately not on TikTok. Uh, but more importantly, please visit avianation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.